Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, a faculty member in the Department of Counseling, and we've got uh, special guests with us today, and we have... I'm Dr. Shannon Warden, also a faculty member in the Department of Counseling, and I'm Dr. Tammy Cashwell, also a faculty member in the Department of Counseling. All right, Bob, what are we talking about this time? We're talking about mindfulness. That seems to be mm-hmm. an area of interest and in research right now in, in, in counseling. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our professors um, uh, have a, an interest in that, and I know certainly Tammy does, and so she's going to talk about that with us today. I'm excited about it. I've been, um, over time, practicing mindfulness in my own ways, but I feel like knowing the two of y'all, y'all have helped me um, increase my understanding of mindfulness mm-hmm. and practice of mindfulness, including in the classroom. I think y'all, mm-hmm. y'all been mm-hmm. instrumental in helping me with that. Oh, the same to both of y'all. Um, for me, uh, I was lucky enough a few years ago to take an eight-week course on mindfulness, and so I got to learn a lot of different techniques and ways to do it. And then uh, working with Shannon, she taught me a lot more and introduced me to some things. Um, and Shannon and I, a few years back, decided we wanted to try to introduce mindfulness into what we were doing in the classroom and make it an integral part because we felt like not only would it help students in the classroom, um, but hopefully it would carry over into who they are as people as well as who they are as counselors. Because Mm -hmm. what do we tell our students all the time? You as a person are your greatest tool in counseling. the other thing that we talked about, and I feel like that that old lady on the lawn, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> but um, You're not that old. <laughs> bless you. Uh, the other thing that I see, especially with, I, I have a teenage daughter, um, and I see this with her generation, with college students. We are blessed to have so much technology, um, but I feel that it distracts us yeah. away from sitting with ourselves or really noticing what's happening in that moment that one of the ways that people have found to unfortunately to soothe themselves is to escape into something and so they miss what's happening in the in the moment in the now Um, and what we do as counselors is sometimes we have to help that person sit in the pain that they're in and and if we're not able to do that, to be fully present in the now, it's going to be very difficult for us to be fully present with that person that is sitting across from us that is struggling in that moment. Um, Tammy, you're, let me interrupt you. Yeah, you're yeah. alluding to the definition of mindfulness. Let's yes. talk about that just a minute or two here. Um, you mentioned the word presence. You mentioned the word distraction, which would be to say to not be distracted. Let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about the definition uh, between the three of us here. Um, Tammy, what would be your basic definition of mindfulness? To, like you said, to be fully present, to be aware um, of what is happening right now, to sense what is happening not only outside of yourself but within yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bob, you want to add to that? 
I think that captures it well, because I was thinking about um, mindfulness and the various uses of, of that, but particularly where we, we are with the Department of Counseling, working with the students, uh, uh, to look at uh, how they can be present with themselves in such a way and present with clients. And that's, uh, as Tammy describes it so well, I think that's what mindfulness is about. There are mindfulness practices that I know the students, when we do that, will want to say, I've, I've incorporated this or I continue to do this and this has really been a benefit. So even what I've enjoyed about mindfulness is that the students have learned from that or even added to it what they brought from their own practices as well. So some of them are learning about it, some of them are bringing that in there. So uh, they use it. So to define that, it really is being present to yourself, being aware of what's keeping you from being present with, with the others. Uh, being able to calm yourself, to be able to emotionally regulate yourself, to be present. I think Tammy described that well. well. And so that's what I think about mindfulness in the context of, of, of um, teaching in, with our students. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about mindfulness on levels then. We're talking about yeah. our practice of mindfulness as individuals, as counselor educators, as counselors. That's just us on a personal level. We're talking about mindfulness in the classroom, how we model that and allow opportunity for mindfulness in the classroom. We're also talking about mindfulness with our students who are then going to, as individuals and as counselors in the community, practice mindfulness, again, as a person, but also with their clients. I have worked um, just in the last couple of weeks with a client who is um, anxious and she and I have, well, it's probably, I don't know, it's probably been a month that we've been working together, but just over the last couple of weeks, we've moved more into mindfulness and just in trying to steal some of that anxiety that she's experiencing. And, um, you know, sometimes I think folks are thinking, what is the step one, two, and three to resolve this problem that I'm experiencing? And so they don't always expect mindfulness as an intervention. And yet, isn't that the most important starting place? Mm-hmm. That sense of presence, that calming of myself internally, um, and so we, I've enjoyed that. That's just mm-hmm. re, you know recent. I'm thinking about that, but I know too, Tammy. You and I have worked on well, Bob as well. We've all worked with contemplative mm-hmm. pedagogy mm-hmm. through Wake Forest. Wake Forest University is not only a wonderful place for students; it's a wonderful place for faculty. Uh, one of the programs that um, some of us have participated in there is the contemplative pedagogy program, and so that is further bolstering our understanding of mindfulness and and then using it in our curriculum Mm -hmm. and so um, y'all talk a little bit about that some of the things some of the ways we've used mindfulness with students in the classroom it it really um, helps I think we not only want to teach the students and and learn from them definitely I learned so much from students but we want to model for them so one of the things that I've seen is um, I typically teach the lifespan developmental course and it's during their first semester of graduate school. So we talk about the importance of validation and as counselors validating what a person is going through. So part of the mindfulness piece in that class is validating that they're anxious, that they have a lot going on. So before each class, we do, and we try to have a variety of things, but we start off very simply. Um, Before we start the class, we'll do a mindfulness exercise so that they can be fully present in the class. So it's like a baby step kind of thing. I validate how you're feeling. I know you're probably thinking, uh, what 
what do I have to do next? Or what's going to, I got a test coming up, or now I've got to write this paper. And we call it the monkey mind. <laughs> you know, your mind is just spinning. So let's center, let's breathe. That's where we start. It starts with the breath. And it sounds very simple. Um, I don't think people breathe very deeply these days. And it, it helps to help students recognize that when you're tense, when you're upset, when you're anxious, you hold your breath. So teaching them how to breathe and teaching them to be conscious of the breath. It, it just takes a couple of minutes. Um, we do a little deep breathing, a little centering. Sometimes I'll, I'll talk them through uh, a, a short meditation. We've used um, candles. We've used music. Uh, chimes. There are so many different variations of mindfulness. So it, it's a twofold process introducing the student uh, to the concept of mindfulness, validating what they're going through, and then giving them concrete examples of things that they can transfer and use in their everyday life. And then it becomes a habit. They mm -hmm. come in and they get ready. You know, okay, we're going to breathe and, and center for a little bit, and then, you know. We're going to yeah. dive in. That's so important, too, for students who are deeply, you know, we all know that feeling. You're deeply enmeshed or embedded in that graduate-level training. You're worried about performance and grades yeah. and yeah. then come practicum and internship and how am I going to fit that into uh, this graduate training program. And so it can be such that mindfulness is the last thing on their minds yes. and when, in fact, what we're saying is it should be the first thing on your mind. Yeah. 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 Bob, how about you? Are there some other... Uh, practices or variations of mindfulness that you can think of that you use or have used with students? Primarily, it's uh, uh, the getting centered. I always think of it as some way of just being ready for class, uh, being ready uh, to not be affected by all the stress and the tension. And so that's one of the things that I keep thinking about. They, they come in, like you said, very stressed out, very busy, wanting to perform and just say, okay, be aware now, let's do the breathing, we do kind of different exercises at times to be aware of what kind of feelings are emerging, you know, what we're, and sometimes talk about what's that coming from, how are you aware of that being present, and how is that keeping you from being present in class, so that's some of the things I do. I've been working some with couples in uh, counseling and using uh, practices with couples and there's not much research right now that I'm finding out about that but I'm finding some benefit in couples being present with each other and so that's one thing that that I see not only and I talk to the students about that that are that are doing some work with couples or with families about how they can incorporate that into uh, a practice that keeps the, the families there and so when folks will come in for counseling I will have them say okay let's settle down take some deep breaths take a few moments you know and we'll do some uh, a brief practice, and they'll be present uh, for counseling in ways that they weren't before. Yeah. So I've been finding that's been effective. And so the same thing with students. So I do that with practice and with with, with teaching. I can imagine that helps de-escalate some of the tension that they come into the session mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. We're here to do marriage counseling or couples counseling. Exactly. Sometimes feels like we're ready for war. So That's to right. come in and, and center sounds like a great starting place. If they're ready for that. If Sometimes they come in right. at, at war, and so we got to. We, gotta <laughs> we have to defuse and then get mindful. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, so, you know, some folks might be wondering as they're listening to this, well, so great, y'all are doing this with your campus students. How do you do this with online students? You know, we 
um, are very uh, excited about now for some years we've been offering a MA online counseling program um, we offer a master's in clinical mental health counseling and a master's in school counseling both online if students are wondering how are you going to do mindfulness there I can think of a couple of ideas I know um, and certainly they're going to come for residencies there's mm -hmm. two residencies that right. our online students come from or for those um, residencies are weekend-long intensives and oftentimes in different of the activities we incorporate mindfulness so again that is a face-to-face -face, um, format online as in some of the assignments for campus students we build in mindfulness um, activities uh, so so into the assignments or into the discussion boards I can think of one assignment that I uh, typically do in the assessment class it's evidence of contemplation mm -hmm. and so I ask students in that class to examine what they have studied over the course of the semester and to sit with that and um, and so that's you know that's not necessarily mindfulness in the way of well, I have, I have walked or I have, br uh, you know, I've breathed and, um, you know, I've done these other activities, but it's, it is an ex another variation of mindfulness where I'm going to quiet myself to think specifically about this experience and what this experience has shown me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's one example. But again, you know, there are multiple examples of where we're attempting not only as counselor educators, but as counselors ourselves, right? Just to live mindfulness, to encourage and, and students around that, to encourage the practice of that so that they can see the benefit with that married couple, with that dating couple, with that um, woman who's suffering with anxiety, with that student who maybe is ADD, has ADD and can use mindfulness as an, a way of, of uh, quieting his or her uh, chaos that they're feeling in fact Tammy that makes me think we were just talking you and I and maybe Dr. Binkley in the last week or, week or two about a study uh, you'll have to remind me of this but it's it's an alternative to detention um, tell, do you remember that can you tell us a minute about that um, I don't remember the name of the school but in when kids would be sent to detention they would um, have do mindfulness exercises with them uh, and sometimes yoga, meditation, and they found that the incidence of um, behavior that was getting these kids into trouble decreased as, uh, as they learned more meditation, mindfulness, things to calm themselves because, I mean, you think about it, children don't have much control over anything. So mindfulness and meditation, those types of activities help to teach them that they do have some control, that they have control over themselves, that they can calm themselves. So it, it gives them some power that they wouldn't necessarily have. It teaches them tools to not only um, perform better in school, but just in their neighborhoods, in their family situations. Um, so yeah, that's what uh, that's you, you, the three of us were talking about, um, maybe looking into that and seeing if we could mm -hmm. get something like that going. Yeah, so many opportunities mm -hmm. to incorporate mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And um, as, uh, just one last thought I was having there as you were talking to me, uh, even around supervision in particular, I know for us in practicum, I know for the uh, supervisors with our online practicum and internship courses, 
we're many of us incorporating mindfulness into those um, courses in particular why because there's so much energy anxiety that sense of I don't have control what's happening so many students are experienced if not all truthfully experience that level those types of worries anyway higher levels of worry so to incorporate mindfulness into supervision has been very successful for Mm -hmm. us too so there are a number of ways that students are going to experience mindfulness in our programs be it the master's program on campus or be it in the master's online program that we have at Wake Forest something that we believe in individually and are trying to incorporate in uh, not only for their own personal wellness but for the wellness of their future counseling uh, and the the, um, wellness of their clients that they might incorporate mindfulness in with. Is there more we want to say about that? I think just to underline that we were really committed to this being uh, an integral part of a student's education. And as you said very well, that's what we incorporate not only in our practice for ourselves, for our clients, and for our students. And Wake Forest University is a great supporter of including contemplative mindfulness into, into um, the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting to be a part of this. It's exciting for, I think, us too. I know we've talked about just having finding ways to incorporate this into our online programs those clinical mental health counseling Mm -hmm. and school counseling programs that are online can we do it we you know ask those questions early on how can we take the quality of what we've offered historically on campus how can we take that and transfer that quality into the online format i'm excited to Mm -hmm. say i mean we've you know (laughs) we've worked we worked and have worked we continue working to really yeah yeah to really do this at a high level and so students um, who are in the program now and, and future students to come, that's something that they're seeing and can expect is even finding ways to incorporate mindfulness yes. into uh, not, only ac- ac- not only the academic understanding of it, but the actual practice of it through the online programs. So um, I know we're, we're excited about that and just generally excited about the quality of training that we're offering through Wake Forest University Department of Counseling. So. I love talking with you guys, Tammy Cashwell, <laughs> you too. Bob it's Nations, it's always, always great. such good folks, and I've enjoyed, um, hopefully this will be a, a, a help and a benefit to some folks who are going to be listening to it. I hope so. All right, that's it for great. our Department of Counseling podcast for today.